Hi friends, Erica here, and I wanted to let you know that today's episode is sponsored by my friends over at YM Dental Lab. They are offering two free zirconia crowns for all new customers. Check them out at ymdentallaboratory.com for more information. Now, on with the show. Okay, I'm promoting you to panelists, Jasmine. Sorry, friends. Just give me one second. I promise I'll get my stuff together. And, wow, people are just like filing in right now. This is cool. I like it. You want to introduce yourself, Laura? Hi, how are you guys? Are you guys ready to start listening to this amazing woman full of knowledge? I mean, let me tell you guys, I thought I knew Billing until I heard her talking and I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> I know nothing. So true. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I am Erica's operational manager and I'm Erica's person to go to, to get her guys on her schedule and, you know, get going with solving anything you want, you're interested in solving in your office. Um, if you guys have questions, obviously about billing, about claims about ARs, you know, I'll be the one that you'll be contacting and I'll be uh, making sure that you're on her schedule. Yes, yes. Laura is new to the team and she has taken over the responsibility of my schedule because if I manage or attempt to manage my schedule on my own, you guys know how that's going to go. So Laura is the go-to person. And then I also have Jasmine Gonzalez of Ardent Dental Consulting on this training as well. And Jasmine is going to blow your mind about credit balance management. I knew a lot, but credit balances, you know, that's not my specialty. It is Jasmine's specialty. And more specifically, she is an account receivable diva. She just knows how to break it down. She has systems to follow. And she's going to share some of those systems today. I'm going to walk you through some of the steps that I use to clean up AR when we are cleaning up AR. Now, what we're going to talk about today is I labeled it insurance account receivable cleanup. But the reality is we need to maintain our overall account receivable reports. So we're going to talk about some strategies about how to do that. And Jasmine's going to chime in where she can add some more value. Feel free to ask questions. And Laura, I'm going to let you take it from here. Okay. So do you want me to go to the next slide? I think you can um, control it. Uh, if you don't mind, okay. I don't, I don't want to have a, there you go. Okay. So everyone, this is Erica, and I am so excited to introduce you to her. She is a dental billing coach, and let me tell you, she knows billing. She knows billing. I have no <laughs> doubt about that. Um, I know billing. <laughs> well, I mean, she knows a lot. It's just her knowledge is overall. She started a dental billing college. So I'm very excited because myself too, my background comes from a dental. So I know she knows what she's talking about. Why don't you tell us uh, about your, why, why don't you tell us? Because what you guys don't know about Laura, she's actually a graduate of mine from my dental front office school. And grad, you graduated back in 2012, I believe it was, right, Laura? Like around that time, yes. Yeah, because she actually has it on her resume, a front office certificate from Dental Career College. And I, when I saw that, I it was like a full circle moment to have somebody that is formally trained with front office, but she went on beyond that. So why don't you tell them 
briefly because we got to get into the training, but why don't you give them a little background how we went full circle in our working relationship? So I was in the dental field as RDA and then, you know, you get thrown into the front. So I'm like, you know, I can learn from people, but I want to learn this the right way. And I, when I went to that first class that Erica was like, you know, just come see what I do. And I'm just like, wow, she knows I, you know, enrolled in her course. And let me tell you, I learned a lot. I did, um, I would do front office and back office. I eventually went to school again to be an EF2. So I am also an EF2. And it really does help when any staff member from the back comes to the front and understands billing, not only just for billing, but you know what x-rays to take, what PAs are needed, what treatment you're going to need, because you know they're going to bill for that, or you know they're going to ask for that. And you don't want them to say, hey, we need to bring this patient back in and take an x-ray because you guys didn't take it. You know, so when you have that front office knowledge too, especially for the billing, and your doctor knows that you know, you are such an asset. So long story short, I did continue, but I am more on the business side now. And when I heard that Erica was hiring, man, I ran to it. And I was like, you know what? The squeaky (laughs) wheel gets the oil. So (laughs) I bugged her about it. And I've been so fortunate to just have, you know, she's not just, you know, a billing coach, but she's also a dental practice partner. When she's in your office, she does give it your all, you guys. She is, she wants to be involved. She wants to teach. And personally, I've had her as a teacher. So I know the passion that she has for it. She's a national speaker. She is around the country. She's around the world. People listen to her. They tune in like, you know, you guys are tuned in because you guys, for those that have attended, you, you know, she knows what she's talking about. She's going to go into detail. And sometimes she says she derails, but (laughs) I think everybody here knows that I derail, Laura. Like that's, that's part of a part of what what you guys love about me. I, I hope. Is, is you don't just derail into anything though, Erica, you, you just give more information and you're just like, wow. She's the creator of the national dental billing appreciation day. So we appreciate us billers, right? Because we help get the money flowing at the same time. We don't just, we work hard not to let the money sit there. So yeah, um, this is your guys's person to go to. So without further more, I'm going to stay quiet and introduce Miss fabulous Erica. I <laughs> <laughs> wow, I can't I can't wait until we do our January event. You're going to be my MC. Oh, I'm going to have music though. <laughs> I'm going to have music for you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that would be awesome. I, I, I definitely want a, a walk-on song. Yeah. Okay, so Daisy, thank you so much. Uh, Maria, thank you for joining us. I love to see your name show up in the attendees. And Dr. Melissa Torres, thank you for joining us as well. I'm so excited to talk to you guys about these strategies that I use and Jasmine uses for messy insurance account receivables. What would you say is the cause and effect kind of uh, scenario here? Cause and effect would be mismanagement or not enough understanding of the dental revenue cycle. And I'm not talking about the revenue cycle in general, because you can Google revenue cycle and so many industries have their own specific revenue cycle. So for us in dentistry, we want to understand what our revenue cycle looks like and what all goes into. So we have the dental revenue cycle, and then there's all these little buckets around it. And inside the buckets are other little inner workings that are related to that portion of the dental revenue cycle. So let's talk about that 
as we go move through this training, I know we only have an hour together, but you guys know me. For those of you that are attending, be prepared to possibly go over because I try to stick to the agenda, but there are so many side topics that are relevant to what we are discussing that I feel compelled to give you all that information. So let's talk about the first area of the revenue cycle and why this is so important to manage properly. So when we're talking about the lifespan or the journey of a claim, let's talk about how a claim is born, if you will, right? So when we are scheduling, it is important that we are scheduling according to the appropriate procedure code so that when that treatment is rendered and we are able to post it and complete it to the patient's ledger or account, it is so much smoother. But all too often, we have people that are creating appointments. They don't understand their codes. They don't understand you know, how to create the, the appointment appropriate to that practice management software or according to that practice management software, because every software, friends, has their own little oddities, the little anomalies that are specific to that software. So not only do you need to understand the dental revenue cycle, we also need to understand how the revenue cycle flows within our practice management software. So scheduling 101, make sure that when you are scheduling appointments, we're not just throwing a name onto the schedule. We have the appropriate codes in there. And my second point to the scheduling and why it's so important and how it kicks off the revenue cycle, the dental revenue cycle, is also making sure that we have that individual, the fee schedule attached, that patient has the right fee schedule attached if we can help it. Now, if it's a new patient, then obviously we have to, um, unless we have those benefits, we're going to have to attach it to our UCR fee schedule. And we can change that when the patient comes in and we are registering them as a patient. But for as far as scheduling and kicking off the dental revenue cycle, we must at minimum schedule according to codes, right? The other thing that we overlook as a part of the revenue cycle is putting proper notes into the appointment. And your practice may have specific notes, specific details that you want, say for every new patient. Like for example, I have a whole flow of how to create a new patient appointment and the details that I want collected for my office. And there is a reason for those questions to be asked. Now, I, I make sure that the patient doesn't feel like we're qualifying them for, the, for that new patient appointment. But I tell my team, you ask these questions after the appointment is made, after all the details have been ironed out. Then, you know, you can ask a couple of friendly questions so that we are better prepared to give that patient a better experience because believe it or not, the patient experience, and this is kind of going off topic, but not really, the patient experience is going to dictate the amount of money that the patient wants to spend in the practice. And I, I talk about this all the time, but if you think about patient as a consumer, as a consumer, you have a spending threshold. In any establishment that you go to spend money in, your spending threshold either goes up or down. And the two things that, that impact that spending threshold are going to be the experience 
like how you're treated and how the establishment looks. And so upon entry of the practice, the patient or consumer is going to decide subconsciously, I'm going to spend money here or I'm not going to spend money here because a dental sale is a discretionary purchase. It's as discretionary as buying a coach purse or a Louis Vuitton purse or the red bottoms. I don't know. I'm, I'm just listing off all the stuff I want, but, <laughs> but you guys get the idea, right? So some people, some people are going to be saving their money for their dream vacation, right? And, and so they're not going to want to, they're not going to be motivated to spend the money. So again, these details in the scheduling uh, part of the dental revenue cycle matter 100%. And so know your codes, understand that experience impacts the spending threshold. So make sure that the phone experience, the scheduling experience is a good one. Now, once we have converted that phone call to an appointment, right? Because friends, getting the phone to ring is is like when you hear that phone ring, know that there's a debit. That's like a debit coming out of the bank account because it's not free to get the phone to ring. So the first thing that we do is we get that phone, the lead on the other side of that call to make an appointment. The next thing we're going to do in the revenue cycle is to verify their insurance. Now, I think that Jasmine is going to agree with me. I believe that when we are obtaining insurance information, a breakdown of benefits, and I look at tons of insurance breakdowns, they're lacking in asking more code-specific questions, and it's causing confusion at the payment posting portion or the end of the revenue cycle, towards the end of the revenue cycle. So our breakdown of benefits in dentistry should be very code-specific to your practice. So as an example of that, let me tell you where a lot of offices are leaving money on the table. If you have followed me for a while, you know that I have identified or my team and I have identified how many different type of profi interactions we're having with the patient. But if we don't ask the right questions about code-specific information, like can we do a limited SRP and a profi on the same date of service, then we may submit that claim and it'll get denied. And now we are believing that we can't bill that on the same date of service. But the reality is you can. So that is one example of how we are losing money on the front end of the revenue cycle because we're not asking the right questions. When we are registering the patient, now we're in the third section of the dental revenue cycle, please pay attention to detail. It is very important, once again, it is important that we know how to navigate and understand the front office capabilities in our software. So as you are registering a patient, if the breakdown of benefits says that posterior composites are not a covered benefit, they're going to be downgraded to amalgam, you need to put that downgrade into that patient's account so that every time we diagnose or treatment plan for posterior composite fillings, the software is not missing the downgrade. Therefore, we are not going to have a surprise balance at the end of the revenue cycle. And that's just one of many ways we can cause problems in the cycle by not paying attention and not understanding how to properly input a patient. 
So make sure that you understand, does this plan accept assignment of benefits? Because that's probably something you're going to have to input into the system for that patient's particular plan. And if you don't, then the plan does accept assignment of benefits. That means that, you know, the checks will come to us. If it doesn't, and we don't know, then we're not going to be prepared when that check goes to the patient or to the subscriber. So the registration is a huge deal. So those of you and I'm going to I'm going to talk to the audience in a couple of ways. So one is for those of you that are looking to start your billing business because I know a lot of you on here are looking to start your billing business. I want you to understand that as you onboard new clients, this is your baseline check. Like you're going to run through the entire dental revenue cycle and check the inner workings of each one of these buckets. Are they registering their patients correctly? And for those of you that are owners, because we have some doctors on here as well, you're going to want to make sure that your team understands how to navigate through each of the steps for the revenue cycle in your practice management software. I will give you an example. Open Dental, you can set it up globally to create the substitution codes or the downgrades. Whereas in other SAP softwares, you have to do it on a... Hi friends, Erica here, and I just wanted to pop in and give you a personal invite to our next event, Dental Billing Disrupted, which is happening in Atlanta, Georgia on April 20th. This speaker lineup is insane, and we are going to cover everything dental billing and then some. If you're interested in learning more about the event, go to the link in my show notes, and I hope to see you there. Now, back to the show. Patient basis. Like, it's, it can get more tedious in one a software than in another. Let me see what I have here. I have a question from, thank you so much. So Dr. Melissa Torres, a uh, question, do I have to accept downgrade payment due to contract or the patient pays the difference? So the patient, just to answer that question, the patient will pay the difference if you're contracted to the contracted rate. So you would bill for what you do. So if you did a three surface posterior composite, you're still going to bill D2393. However, because we asked the right question on the breakdown of benefits regarding downgrades, we know that the insurance is only going to pay us up to the amalgam benefit, and we would balance bill the patient to the composite rate. And that is the same thing if you're out of network with that plan, it's balance billing the patient to your UCR fee. So yes, the patient will pay the difference. And you don't have to just, you can accept the payment for amalgam, but you will balance bill the patient. I hope I didn't confuse you because you're welcome. Okay, then the next place that I find we leave money on the table or it's another area that we're leaking, I call it a hole in the boat, is how we treatment coordinate with the patient. And treatment coordination derives the, the way we coordinate, the way we calculate, the way we, you know, inform the patient of what their financial responsibility is for the treatment is going to derive from your breakdown of benefits if it's a, an insurance patient. I cannot emphasize that enough. I see treatment coordinators that are using old codes, codes that have been deleted. So we need to stay on top of our coding and we also need to make sure that we are 
asking the right questions, that our breakdown is specific to our practice. The next is my favorite part of the dental revenue cycle. This is where I thrive and shine is in the codification of patient interactions. Billers wear two hats. And this may not be the case for the medical field, but this is the case in the dental field. And coding is where the money's at. It's great that you know which attachment, which intraoral, which kind of narrative is needed for this plan. But if you don't know how to codify in order to maximize on insurance reimbursement, then you're just leaving money on the table. And a lot of offices that I first start working with will say, well, we hardly ever get denials. So our billing department is good. And that's probably one of the most misleading metrics because yes, you're Claims are getting paid and that's fantastic. I want that. But what money could you be leaving on the table because of codes that you are not using? You're doing the work, but you're not codifying the interaction. So codifying is a very important part of the revenue cycle as well. Creating, packaging, and submitting the claim. So that's the other hat. So the first hat is the coding hat. The second hat is going to be the claim submission hat. And the claim submission hat is equally important. However, it's not going to drive it can cause denials and delays and, de- and, and rejections, but it's very different from the coding hat. Now, when we are packaging our claims, we are ensuring that we have the right attachments, x-rays. Do, do we need an intraoral? When did we need to take the intraoral? Jasmine just mentioned to, the, to me yesterday, I interviewed her on my podcast, and I will be releasing that episode here in the next couple of days. But we were talking about, you know, it's great that the assistant took a ton of working x-rays for the root canal and totally forgot to take the x-ray for the, for the, um, the, the final. There you go. The final. Thank you so much. And, and so, or how about when we get the final Jasmine and the apex is missing? Yes. (laughs) So, you know, it's really important that as far as the claim packaging, you have to make sure that your assistants understand which attachments are important and vital to get the procedures that you do on a regular basis in your office, what do the attachments need to look like, right? Let your biller worry about the narrative. They know what to put in the claim, but you know, really important that we know what to attach and how to package that claim. Now, finally, coming up at the end of the billing of the revenue cycle is posting payments. Oh my gosh. First of all, if you don't know how to calculate patient co-pays, you have no business posting payments. And finally, if you don't know how to read an EOB, and you don't understand the, the language, then please don't post that payment because it's very important that we know if we were paid less and we need to go after more, but you wouldn't know how to do that if you don't know how to calculate the patient copay. So make sure that you understand more than just entering the payment as a data entry clerk because posting payments is a huge part of the revenue cycle. And then finally, once we have the payment posted, we've been able to audit that account and determine how much the patient owes us if they owe us anything. So we're either going to close the claim or send a statement, but we want to do all this. This whole cycle should happen in less than 30 days. And so we're going to talk about that. So let's move on from this slide. Does anybody have any questions? I think I've answered them. All right. So let's get down to it. Do you understand your revenue cycle performance? So as we're talking about the account receivable report, we're also talking about revenue cycle performance. 
And so I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the things that you need to be aware of, one of which is your overall collections ratio should be 95% or greater. I was looking at a client's collections ratio today, as a matter of fact, this morning, and his collection ratio is 101%. Fantastic. I love that. But if it were lower, I would probably start looking for reasons why we are not collecting money, why we are not maybe collecting over-the-counter money, patient co-pays, but he was doing great. So what you're going to do is, I'm going to give you the formula in a second, your overall AR, so patient balance and insurance balance, should not be greater than one to one and a half times of your net production. And if you guys want the formula for that, reach out to Laura and she can get that to you. There is a formula to calculate where your AR total currently is. I did one this morning and this office was about three and a half times their net production, which means that not only are we not collecting in a timely fashion from insurance companies, we are also not collecting over-the-counter payments from patients. And there's many reasons for that. I've, I've heard every excuse, but there are reasons and we have to identify what those look like. So in order to identify your net production, it's a very simple formula. You are going to get your gross production. So this is going to be a monthly thing, but you get your gross production for the month without any type of adjustments. Then you get the adjustments made for the month and you subtract that and that will give you your net production. The second thing that you're going to do is identify the total AR number. So all the money owed to the practice and you want to then divide the net production that you just identified by the total AR for your collections ratio, okay? I will have a handout with these formulas. You're gonna have to ask Laura for it. So if you guys want these formulas to do your own revenue cycle performance check-ins, I would suggest that you reach out to her. Uh, the other one that I need to know on a regular basis is what is the total number of outstanding claims? And this is important. You wanna monitor this. There is no benchmark here, but you do want to monitor it and compare last month's outstanding claims to this month's outstanding claims. And then here's the other thing, friends. Make sure that you are looking, if you're going to submit electronically, which I can't imagine that there's offices still submitting manually, but you know, if you are, <laughs> please come on out from under that rock and start sending claims in electronically. <laughs> Okay, my friends, that's going to wrap up today's episode on the Dental Billing Podcast. I can't wait until the next episode, and I hope that you join me. Until then, take care.